What he means is he's going to be having a lot more sex. All right, howdy. I'm Matt Eisen, and welcome to the UCSB TriCast. Dun, 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 dun. I'm here with Sean Harrington, local pro triathlete, fresh off of a little disappointing, I would say, race at Santa Cruz for him. A very successful season leading up to that, but we're here with Sean to hear about how that weekend went down. You had a really great day about a week prior at the Santa Barbara Triathlon, setting a PR, I believe. Uh, tell us how that happened and what was most surprising about that weekend for you? Yeah. So I guess giving a little background going into that race, I had uh, come down with a bit of a, a knee injury earlier in the summer, uh, which limited my, my training specifically my running leading up to that. And so uh, coming into that race, uh, which was a long course race, not a traditional like 70.3 distances, mile swim, 36 mile or 34 mile bike. And then, uh, a 10 mile run. I was not looking forward to that 10 mile run because I had run only about four times in the the last two months or so. But because of all, all that time not running, that meant I was swimming and biking quite a bit. So um, I was in great swim shape, pretty darn good bike shape, and uh, really swam like I hoped to. Um, held a, a, a great power for the, the bike and then got off and somehow managed to run like 545 pace, which was quite impressive uh, given how little running I'd done up until then and, and very much surprised myself. I've always found this interesting about the more elite athletes that I coach. They seem to be able to talk themselves into a performance, at least leading up to it, whether or not it's going to happen or whether or not I believe it's going to happen. And I've seen Sean do it not only mid-race, which we can touch on later, but also leading up to Santa Barbara. Why don't you take us through that type of mindset where you get yourself ready for an event when in your heart of hearts, you know you're not 100% going in? Yeah, I guess uh, it's a little bit looking for where you are confident and um, just really planning on executing well on those things. And uh, and yeah, you know there's some big unknowns that uh, may make things a little bit more painful, a little bit more challenging, um, but you can't really dwell on those. And I know with myself for the run, you know, even though I hadn't trained well for it, I knew that was by far my strength. And even untrained, we'll call it, I knew I could still run people down and I was just going to lean into that. And, uh, you know, I think you got to find what you can lean into, even even if it isn't where you want it to be and and look for those kind of positives, even in the, the darkness, we'll say. So looking for those those positive moments, would you say that when you're racing and the negative moments come in, because I'm sure you've never had a perfect race, what are you doing with those negative moments to move forward instead of dwelling on them, which a lot of athletes do and sacrifice what could be good days mm -hmm. for one small mistake early in the race? Yeah, I mean, this actually uh, could be a great segue into my Santa Cruz race because um, I had one of those moments there uh, where, you know, I was having a, a terrific race and uh, and then everything fell apart and I, I cramped up um, and the bike on the way back. And uh, it was this huge mental struggle going on about uh, w what can I do with this race? You know, like I, w I was ready to drop out of that race and it, it just like there was, you know, so much mental energy just to, to kind of keep going. And I just like every time you had kind of those 
we'll call it pretty negative thoughts coming in like oh i want to drop out you just kind of turn it around you know you you let them happen like the everyone's going to have them and then you just start looking again towards the positives like all right hey i got a great run coming up i'm going to i'm just going to go hammer that run i'm going to see what i can do and uh and just kind of kept trying to push yourself back to those positive aspects even when it it, it got pretty dark and i think that's I think that's what you have to, to find even when it's challenging. As a coach, I've never had to worry about how you go about racing. Early on, when we first met and you were racing, you were just another good athlete. And good athletes are a dime a dozen in any sport you find. But in one of the first races I ever saw you do, you flatted in a very short distance race lost what must felt like an eternity of time flatting on the bike and continued on to run and made my job very easy because I didn't have to motivate you to do that. And I can, I can say with certainty, 99% of the people I work with would have, if not given up a little bit, the first thing they said to me when they finished is that they had a flat and something went wrong. And I find that oftentimes people make these excuses or build in these excuses even as they're happening. What do you think growing up or is it innate or in your sports background separated you from the other 99% of athletes on course? Well, I mean, I've been doing it a long time. I've been competing. I, I grew up as a runner from probably age four. My dad had me running to school and everything. And I think I wasn't always good at it, um, but it's just it's a learned behavior in some some ways, and I think you have to train it just like you you train for a race. And I think uh, every time you have a hardship in a race in a training day, you know it doesn't even have to be related to sports. You know this can extend well into the rest of your life. You know when you have these hardships, these you know obstacles, how are you going to tackle that mentally? And uh, I think um, in college or in high school, I had my fair share of great races, you know, running. And I also had, you know, a number of pretty bad races. And I think there was times that I would give up in those races. And I think as you do that and you look back on that race, you're just like, what, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just push through that? Why didn't I find the next, you know, step or next level of pushing yourself? Because I think racing in training too is is very much a mental thing and and the more you can kind of find that mental energy i don't know exactly what you want to call it um to to stay positive and stay kind of looking towards your strengths looking towards the you know what you're going to do in the next part of the race how you're going to finish strong i think with that mindset um you're only setting yourself up for success so during practices from it sounds like very early age you've purposefully practiced the mental side of the sport and not getting down on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, what you do in practice is what you're going to do come race day. And so I think, you know, when you're looking for those, um, you know, mental strategies and stuff, you can't just implement that come race day. It, that's, you know, day in, day out, you have a, a hard swim set, we'll say, and um, you're just not hitting the times like that. That's really frustrating. But, you know, you can keep pushing through that workout. Coach may tell you at some point, hey, like we're going to pull the plug. You're not feeling great. And then 
day number two, you can't be thinking about what went wrong yesterday. You're going out there and you're going to run hard or you're going to bike hard. And, and if you keep thinking about how these negative things happened or, you know, dwelling on them, you know, it's only dragging your training down. And then that's the same problem in a race where you, you, yeah, I, I didn't have that great bike split, but you know, there's no reason you can't still have a great run after that. So moving on from a, a, a great performance, do you, do, do you move on any differently from a great performance? Do you feel like you learn more from a performance where you surprised yourself or achieved your goals? Or do you think you learn more from a race where maybe everything didn't go as you had planned? I think you learn different things. Um, sometimes like say at Santa Barbara where, where I surprised myself, you know, I, I learned a little bit more about, uh, you know, what I got deep in the tank there. And, you know, I think that that is a huge learning experience. Um, I can say similar to, you know, two, I guess a year and a half ago at nationals, I, I had a, a much better performance there than I expected. And I think that was a learning experience in terms of like, maybe my potential was a lot more than I thought. Um, but on the flip side, I think every race that doesn't go well might offer even more to learn from, you know, and, and trying to fi figure out, you know, sometimes it's real clear, but sometimes even like when it's, when it appears obvious what the problem was, you can actually look a little bit deeper and maybe learn a little bit more about, you know, what went wrong beyond just the, oh, I got a flat tire. Well, maybe you don't take as good care of your bike and you're running, you know, worn tires more than you should. There, there might be some more depth to, uh, you know, these kind of problems. So I think they're both very important and you should try to take something away from both. How do you define a successful race versus an unsuccessful race? I think for me, it's when I walk away from the race, you know, how I really felt about it, you know, kind of deep inside of me, like, did I leave something out there? Um, or did I, I leave it all out on the course? And, and I think if I felt like I really put it all out there, that's a successful day. Um, I think, uh, sometimes the results, I guess, wouldn't be as successful as you might like. Um, and that can be frustrating, but you know, for me, I guess one, a good example of what I would have considered a successful race was, uh, Santa Cruz last year. Um, I expected to do a lot better finish wise, but when I looked at back at my race, I was like, wow, I, I raced hard. I raced well. And the, the place just didn't show that. So, you know, when you get kind of hung up in times and place finishes and stuff like that, you kind of lose track of perhaps what a, a truly successful day is. Yeah, you bring up great points that it's not always about where you finish because obviously you can't control who shows up. You can't control how they go about it. But there must be some element of disappointment when you don't finish where you want to. And for those of you who don't know, Sean has twice played bridesmaid at the non-draft collegiate distance national championship. And from my perspective, at least personally, it would be borderline devastating to finish second twice in a race of such importance. But talking to Sean and listening to his reaction after the race, he's, he's always seemed very positive about it. Um, more of a deeper question. Do you find a sense of disappointment in twice being second? Honestly, not too much. 
Um, so the first time, uh, we'll take a little step back and actually talk about that race for a sec. I honestly thought going into that race, uh, a top 15 finish was going to be a, a successful day as we kind of describe it. And uh, when I got off that bike and realized I could place in the top 10, I, I was pretty stoked. and I was going to just go run my heart out. And very quickly, I realized 10th wasn't like what it was going to be. It was going to be on the podium. And as soon as that like clicked, that was pretty incredible. And I just kept running my, my way up further and further. So to finish all the way up to second place, that was just an incredible day. And I, there was absolutely not a, a teeny bit of disappointment there. Now, this next season, I was uh, definitely fitter definitely uh, more prepared and mentally ready to be you know competing with those guys up there um but at the end of the day i raced well um i don't think i could have found uh another two minutes in my times at least not easily and so that's almost what separated me from beating dan feeney um who didn't end up actually winning um because of a, a penalty and so then you start going, oh, well, what ifs, you know, only 50 more seconds to first. But I think if you get caught up in these what if games, um, you're really losing, you know, how, how good of a race you actually really had. And I think, you know, it did motivate me enough to decide to come back for one more season. So in that sense, maybe I was a little disappointed, felt like there is a little bit left on the table. But uh, disappointment would not be the, the term I would choose to, to say why I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm not trying to make you sad or regret <laughs> things but highlight the fact that great athletes in a sport like triathlon focus on themselves and their own performance and sean continually does a very good job at that and leading into the future how do you move on from santa cruz which is essentially the end of your major races this year how do you go into an off-season on what I'm sure you're going to consider a low note, both in your results placement and in how you internally felt like you performed on the day? I feel actually pretty motivated coming out of that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm swimming great right now, um, and I'm biking faster than I you know, have been um, in the last year. My my 40k uh, bike split at Santa Cruz, the first 40k was pretty much the same power I put out at Nats only like three months earlier. So, you know, maybe not the best pacing strategy, but uh, does indicate that I'm very fit there. Um, and I'm never worried about the run. Uh, that So, and so, you know, I'm as fit or fitter than I've ever been. Um, you know, maybe the results didn't show that, but uh, I think... I'm excited to kind of see where uh, where I can go, and I think there's a lot more room for improvement, and uh, you know, for sure, the swim and the bike, but who knows, maybe even in the run, and I think that's exciting, and I think that's uh, that's something I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what we can do with. We've talked a little bit about increasing testosterone this next year. How do you plan to go about that? So it's all about the the eggs I'm going to be eating. So every morning for breakfast, I'll I'll make sure I have my one or two um, scrambled eggs. Um, I'll make sure I get enough sleep. I think that's very important for getting that testosterone up. And, uh, 
Sometimes oh. sleep and high testosterone don't go hand in hand. Is is? Oh, I don't think you understand what kind of sleep. <laughs> no, but I'll I'll uh, I'll definitely be eating my whey protein, which hopefully will get that testosterone out. What he means is he's going to be having a lot more sex. That's <laughs> that's what he means. Yes, a lot more. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to transition, Steve. We need a song. <laughs> Sing for me. <laughs> so enough about. But my summer, uh, Matt, we're, we want to hear a little bit more about uh, what you've been up to. I know you've been training very hard looking towards uh, Arizona, I want to say, at the yeah. end of the fall. Yeah, Sean. Um, Sorry, what, what, uh, what races have you done? And tell us a little bit how they went. Um, well, after a year break, I, I, gave, I threw my hat into the pro arena and realized I had neither the physical nor mental fortitude to cut the, uh, cut the butter, as they say, in the pro ranks. So I took about a, <laughs> I took about a year off, and when I started working with the youngsters at UCSB and seeing how excited they all were about triathlon, I decided, well, what the hell? I'll sign up for Ironman Arizona, and I also got a slight pay raise when I started taking that job, so that helped out with the entry fee and pushed me over the edge. So then I just I started training with the kids, and this summer once they left and I had a lot more free time, I jumped into. A couple of races, mostly because they were um, first Ironman Santa Rosa and good day. Yeah, so you decided to sign up for that about, what, two weeks before? Two weeks before. I have preached to these kids that if they want to do an Ironman when they graduate, they'd be shocked how easy it is to do off of several solid months of Olympic distance training and then a quick build. So... I felt like I should I should put my money where my mouth is. So do you think you uh, proved your point? I did. I beat Rod. So that was Rod is one of our best triathletes and Ironman focused guy. So that was the goal. And uh, I, I think we have a a story there, and, and maybe a future interview with him. We'll have to uh, hear a little bit more about how things went for him. But um, before we do that, let's uh, let's focus. I guess maybe on your most recent race, Santa Cruz. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. I'd love to hear more about a good race than perhaps uh, what happened for me. Yeah, I went up to Santa Cruz because um, several people from our area were going up there, including my girlfriend, so I was going to have to go anyway. And over the past two years of surfing for her, I found out it's just about as easy to do the thing as it is to run around all day taking pictures. So it just seemed like a good fit. Uh, it was nice to have Sean there, too, because he's in the pro wave, and... I originally thought they were going to start like two minutes in front of us, so I was going to try and chase him down all day. Un unfortunately, uh, as we've already talked to Sean, that ended up essentially happening, but that wasn't really what I wanted to. <laughs> but um, no, I had a good day there. Everything went pretty boring because didn't really have any issues. I hit a pigeon on the bike. It was the first time hitting a bird. No one got it on film, even though it was like right coming into transition. But no, solid day. Swim was shortened, which was awesome. Fog, <laughs> fog shortened swims. If you want, <laughs> if you want a shorter swim, come to Santa Cruz. We couldn't even we couldn't see the first buoy from the shore until about thirty minutes after the planned start time. And then I I do want to give a shout out to the race directors and everybody organizing that because they managed to shift us over and get us into the water. And without going into too much detail, it looked like a logistical nightmare to get that done on that swim course. So they did make me swim a little bit, but I understand that 
most people wanted that to happen, so that's okay. Were, were you rooting for the swim, or did you just hope they were going to cancel it? Oh, I really wanted them to cancel it. I was really looking forward to a straight TT start. That would have that that would have been really really good for me. Ironically, and in swim training, for those of you who don't grow up swimmers, oftentimes we including myself who didn't grow up a swimmer, we never develop the really top end speed. So I'll lose almost as much time to an elite swimmer in a 1K time trial as I will in a 2K time trial. So it kind of just, it, it turned into, at least I'll tell myself that because I don't want to, uh, I don't want people to think I only won my age group because the swim was shortened. But uh, but no, oh, we did. Sorry. You, you just mentioned you won the age group, but I don't think you'd said that before. Was that was that a surprise? A a little bit. I I had been sherping again, sherping at these seventy point threes for my girlfriend, and since I stopped racing, I feel like even the age group ranks have just gone up a notch. They're typically someone who wins the twenty five to twenty nine or the thirty to thirty four is typically touching on the top ten of the pro field. So I was a little surprised. Super delighted, but a little surprised, and I got to cross the line as the first overall amateur, and then had to kind of wait it out because of the, the the time trial nature of how Ironman starts their swims now. But after three or four minutes, I figured no one had started far enough back to, uh, to cross the finish line and beat me. So fun day. So after a performance like that, you got to be uh, pretty. Um, positive and optimistic about what you're going to be doing at Arizona. Any uh, thoughts going into that or big plans for training coming up? Um, I'm really, really excited. In fact, I was going to race uh, once or twice more, but I figured why screw it up. So I'm just going to end on Santa Cruz and save my money and maybe my emotions if I didn't have such an awesome race and just train through. The UCSB triathlon team is coming back, so I'll have a lot more company. And I'll be forced to wake up early again. So two things that'll probably help me out in training. But no, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'd like to, I'd like to qualify for Kona, and I think, I think that's very, very realistic at this point. And hopefully, uh, the playing the game as an age grouper that I know pros hate because it's not the same race. It's just not. But uh, try and pick off as many people with a P on their calf as I can. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think we're all really excited to, to see how these next few months, and in particular that race goes. Um, but we got a, a lot of UCSB stuff coming up, and uh, I think we have a lot to look forward to, to that. Any racing plan for the team this fall? Well, uh, triathlon here in California goes around pretty goes on pretty much all year. So we're looking at two races right now in the fall, the Trick or Try in Pasadena over Halloween weekend, and then the UC Davis Triathlon, although Davis is a long ways away. But we are very excited to get our season kicked off with a couple of intro races and get everybody out there, returning members, new members, anyone who, whether they've done 20 triathlons or they're just starting, that's, that's the goal for the fall is to get everyone into a triathlon. Are those both sprint distances? They're both sprints. You can do a longer race at the Trick or Try if they want, but no one. Uh, I imagine everyone will end up doing the sprint. Maybe some relays of the, the Olympics. Relays, always. Relays are a big part of the collegiate triathlon experience, especially early on. Great. Yeah. Um, 
I think everyone will agree that we had a great time hearing from a true elite athlete, Sean Harrington, on both the mental and physical preparations that go into racing and, most importantly, consistently racing at a high level year-round, year after year. Next week, we're going to be looking ahead to the pro race in Kona, making some predictions, hopefully uh, putting ourselves on the line a little bit so we can make fun of each other after the race is over and see who was right, who was wrong. Most importantly, this podcast is for other people. It'd be very easy for me and Sean to create something that entertains ourselves, but we'd love feedback as much as you can provide anything. We got thick skin. It's all right. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't, what you want to hear about, ideas for future episodes, really anything. It's about making this entertaining for you and not just for my family. So thanks again for listening and send us your ideas. See you next time.